Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Breaking gay news out of Hollywood. I'm just being told that Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga are both releasing music within a month. This could change everything. More at 11. Oh my God, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, guys. Jake has a podcast. I can't believe Jake has a podcast. Oh my God, Jake has a podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, I am freshly off of my little stint standing by for Mary Sunshine at Chicago the Musical. And when I tell you, I mean, it's always fun to be back and to see who's there and who's on and who's off because you just never know. It's such a well-oiled machine that there's always new people going in. But this particular time has been a real time of changeover and there are lots of new people in the show so it was so fun to get to know these people and get to see them work and I have to say shout out to the queen herself Miss Ariana Maddox for making her Broadway debut as Roxy Hart but doing it I mean on stage and off with the utmost grace and just warmth she is so lovely Uh, I had nothing but wonderful things to say about her and her performance, you guys. It's she's killing it. You you never know with with a stunt cast, Roxy. Sometimes it's it's not necessarily in their wheelhouse, but I can absolutely confirm this. Miss Ariana Maddox is serving it as Roxy Hart. So run to grab your tickets. I mean, you guys, the show had literally its record high ticket sales week of like a non-holiday week in the show's history because of Ariana. Like it's it's just so exciting and I encourage everyone to get a ticket and run to the ambassador to see Miss Maddox shine. I love her. And with that, you guys, let's dive right into this week's Broadway World recap brought to you by my amazing friends at broadwayworld.com. First, you guys, just elephant in the room. I have to talk about the postponement of My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do on Broadway. This show was set to open or start previews on February 27th with an opening in March. And it was just announced that the show has been pulled from this year's Broadway season. And it is aiming for an opening next season, which is amazing. While I'm so excited that the show is not canceled, it is just postponed, I'm very bummed for Rob Madge, the incredible creator of this show. And this one just hit really, really close to home for many reasons and more on that later. But um, I'm just sending Rob all of the love in the world. This this piece of art, this show that they have created is unlike anything I have ever gotten to get a glimpse at. And I'm so so excited for the world to get to see it. I mean, the world has already seen it. The world is already celebrating Rob Match, but to to get it to Broadway and to have um, Broadway audiences experience the joy and the magic of Rob, I, I just can't wait. So sending all all my love across the pond to you, Rob, and to the team. Next, you guys, it was just confirmed that producer Oren Wolf has announced that the pre-Broadway world premiere stage adaptation of Prince's legendary film and album, Purple Rain, 
will take place in Prince's hometown, Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the spring of 2025. And you guys, that's my home too. I'm so excited. I'm like, wait, is this, should I be like going home? Do I need to like get on a plane and go back to Minnesota? Because girl, I want to, I want to be a part of this so bad. I love Prince. And the fact that they are going to honor him in this way with a pre-Broadway run in his hometown is just iconic. I mean, I couldn't think of a better place for this show to, to get its legs and to get up and running before it comes to New York. So congrats to Oren. I mean, a friend of the pod and fellow heart grad, Oren Wolf, you are killing it in the producing game. And I'm so excited to hear more about this amazing show. Next, you guys, we got the very exciting casting announcement that Todrick Hall is going to be taking on the role of Sean in the upcoming UK premiere of Burlesque the Musical. You guys, this casting is so smart. It's going to bring younger audiences who may not have even seen the movie Burlesque, which I can't even believe I'm saying because I'm old. I'm old. It's a perfect movie. I, I, this is the hill I will die on. But Todrick Hall is going to be amazing in this role. The, the role that was originally played by, of course, the icon himself, Stanley Tucci. I think Todrick is going to be amazing. I mean, it's so special, too. Todrick took to social media and, and shared that he's so excited because not only is he performing in it, but he is performing some of his own original songs for the show, which is so exciting and special. So... Congrats to Todrick and to the amazing cast of Burlesque. I cannot wait to see and hear what you guys are cooking up. And lastly, you guys, it was confirmed by Gregory Maguire, author of the original book Wicked, is going to release a prequel book of Wicked by October. And you guys... I love the idea that this is a prequel of a prequel because Gregory Maguire wrote Wicked as the prequel to The Wizard of Oz. So we are getting the ultimate backstory of The Witches of Oz. And I'm so excited. If you haven't read the book, Wicked, it's very different than the musical, um, which is kind of why I'm so glad that he allowed them to make it a musical because I think he was skeptical at first. And then of course now like look at the smash hit that's been running for 20 years, but this musical, or I'm sorry, the book is dark. This book, like within the first 30 pages or something, baby alphabet like bites off someone's finger. No spoilers, no spoilers, but read the book you guys. And then I cannot wait to read this new prequel in October. This is going to be so wild. I'm like, are we going to get the prequel musical too? Please say no. We can just we can just let it be a book for now. For now. But I'm very excited. So congrats, Gregory Maguire. This is going to be awesome. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to introduce my next guest to the show. I've wanted to do this for so long. I'm so excited. We're <laughs> I'm finally just so doing excited it. that we finally get to chit chat. I know, <laughs> truly. We've been at Chicago for how long now? And we're like right? ships in the night. I know. You guys, Lily Thomas is here. Hi. Hi. We are having me. We are recording live, coming to you from the Ambassador Theater on, what is this, the third floor, the fourth floor? I know, right? Uh, they oh all gosh. blur together for me. Yeah, in, it's the third floor. We're your, not too high. Uh, yes, yeah. Mine <laughs> is one more up. That's and, true. Oh and my she's God. a trip, honey. 
by the time I get up there, I'm like, well, she's never coming down. When I have to go visit the boys upstairs, I'm like, oh, I, I need a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear all about your incredible career. But first, I just want to ask you um, how it has been being the first Asian American woman to play Matron Mama Morton on Broadway. You've been here for so long now. I know, right? People are calling me a vet and I still feel new. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait, what's the line? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, what was your road to this show? It was so cool. You know, I got the, um, I got like the self-tape request and I called my agent. I said, I I think this was a mistake. Like, they can't be wanting to see me (laughs) for this. Um, And she said, no, no, really. And I, I was just like, wow, okay, that's not at all what I thought if I was going to have any involvement with the show where I thought it would be. But, like, also, yes, please, you know? A hundred percent. I was doing Dear Evan Hansen, also was a completely different vibe yes, in which terms we of character, will get right? to because I cannot wait but to like, ask you about it. I was, you know, crying eight times a week and singing in this mixy, you know, lighter place, right. pop place. And, um, and I just, like got the material which of course everybody knows a song but just mm-hmm. looking at it and I'm hearing the vamps and I was like oh what a dream yeah. right um and I made a tape and I kind of I was talking to one of my friends in the cast of Dervin Hansen and I just said you know I don't know what to do with this line and whatnot and he he was like you know Lily you're not like anybody else who's played this part before right so like it kind of seems like everything's fair game right mm-hmm. just make a choice that feels like you and doesn't necessarily feel like what you've associated with this character before and go with it. Um, (laughs) I will say that my audition was very like um, geared towards Marissa Tomei. It was influenced by Marissa (laughs) Tomei and my cousin Vinny, which is just a family favorite movie. And I think I had recently watched it and something, I know this takes place in Chicago, but Mama Morton is a New Yorker to me. Of course. and she's just like got that, you know, broad New York <laughs> accent. So, so yeah, I was like, I'm just gonna kind of do a little bit of a, uh, of, of like what I would, because I am a New Yorker, yeah. you know, like my background bringing to it with a little like punch of Marissa Tomei. So I made this ridiculous tape, which I really thought was just gonna be a send it in, everybody will laugh about it and move on <laughs> situation. And um, like the day before I came back from tour, they were like, great, they wanna see you in person next week. And so wow. I came in and Rob was in the room. I had a great audition. Um, went back the next day and that was it. Didn't hear anything for a while mm-hmm. other than like I did a great job. And then I was driving and my agent told me to pull over and she FaceTimed me and told me and I was just so excited. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, what I, I've spoken about it on the pod before, but the the way that this show operates is so different than most because it has just... I mean, it's become this phenomenon of just like it will always be here. And so you think one thing about it, like you said, you know, you think like, okay, well, it's been done this way. I don't know why I would be considered for Mm -hmm. it in that way or the other. But then because it's so well run and because it's so established, you sort of get to like fill in all of the gaps and all the cracks. Well, and that's why it's so successful, because they're open to this evolution and this change and... Bringing different people in. I mean, the amount of different casts I've done this with in just a few months yeah. has been insane. Well, that's it also keeps like you, the... it keeps you on your toes. It <laughs> keeps it fresh, and that's right. why the show is still interesting. We get a lot of like repeat um, 
audience members, you know? Totally. Who have seen it, but want to come back and see it with a completely different cast, and they say it's a totally different show. I don't think I've... I have seen the show so, so many times as a standby. Really? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the same cast do it day to day. I think it's always, usually two show days means it's the same cast. Right. But otherwise, you never fucking know. You never know. Who's going to be on, like what's going to go down. You to come in and study that in and out sheet, yes. you know? So that is so fun. So what was your um, like rehearsal process like for, like did you watch well, the show? I watched it once. Okay. Um, just once that's all I, I need I think yeah I mean mom is a very isolated <laughs> role too that's true so I don't really do much with anybody <laughs> um, you're like I don't talk yeah, to them I don't I just talk to myself right um, <laughs> no but I rehearsed with with the dance captain and with the stage manager I think it was like two weeks but it's it's really great princess track um, <laughs> you know when you're when you're working you're working mm-hmm. but there's a lot of Sitting and Breaks. watching time, yeah. and and um, and so we wouldn't sometimes even use the whole rehearsal day. I'd be like, okay, that's good. Let's let's you got it. See you tomorrow. Fierce. Um, it was really <laughs> fun. It was uh, and it was good to give me a little bit of that time to sort of like let what was about to happen sink in. Totally. Um, and it was also my Broadway debut. Yeah. Which Talk is like about it. I'm kind of old. This for show that. was mine too. Yeah, and I love that about this building, too, that, like, it's – the show itself has such an amazing reputation that right. they don't have to, like, necessarily rely on that, and they can really give opportunities to the right people for the right fit for that time. Totally. Um, and Regardless of if you have a Broadway exactly. credit or not. Absolutely. Exactly, and so it was really exciting. This was a show I was obsessed with in seventh grade. I remember I bought – a CD. I went down to like Tower Records, you know, bought the CD. <laughs> Remember, like the the little um, the books in the CD. Oh my god! Of course, like, with all the lyrics. Yes, with yes. the lyrics and the pictures. Mm-hmm. And like looking at BB Newworth and thinking, like, it was my entire year. Mm-hmm. And oh, there we go with the heat. Um, <laughs> I I just was like, oh, to have been alive to be in a show like that. I know. You know, and you dream about that, and it's something that inspires you to do it. You never think that you're going to actually get to be a part of that show mm-hmm. because nothing runs that long, yeah. right? So, um, and you know, I've 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 done cabaret regionally. I love Candor and Ebb. I'm oh, yeah. also a brass player, so like I yes, play which is so the insane. scores to these shows. They're so fun, right? The arrangements and the music, and oh, I yeah. just like could not believe that I was going to not only make my Broadway debut, but in this and yeah. in like making history in representing, you know, the Asian theater community in a role that was, is, I spoke about this in, in my Playbill article, but it's, it's, it was so exciting to me because it's not just being the first, but it was that I was doing this with a role that is so the opposite of what a, you know, sort of stereotype of Asian women mm-hmm. has been in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of like times where I would be called in for a role that they were open to seeing more ethnicities for. Um, it would be for an ingenue or for somebody right. a little more gentle. Submissive, exactly. Soft. Yeah. And so the fact that they were opening this up to me in a role that was the antithesis of all of those Hell qualities yeah. was so cool because so cool. I'm kind of brassy. And like, <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> you know, you would never know. But, um, 
to be to have the permission to be loud and to be big mm-hmm. and not have to apologize for it, but to be celebrated for it. Yeah, was really big because um, you know I'm from New York. I grew up like not even really knowing that I was Asian. Sure, <laughs> in a way, um, you know, I just never really I, I related to being an American mm-hmm. and. Um, what a re- concept! Really felt much more like, oh, I ha- people expect me to be this way because this is how I look. I didn't feel that really yeah. until like post college, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of a, a pretty rude awakening. Yeah. So to kind of come full circle and have a success in staying strong and sticking to like me being being confident in yeah. this is me and it's Hell, okay. it's okay. Yeah. That has been the best part of this. And I think it's such an interesting, like you you spoke to it a little bit, but like the idea of this show being something that we've been connected to for so long because it really has been here for so long. Like it, there are people in this building who are like direct conduits to like the greatest era of musical theater ever. Like yes. Rob Bowman uh, yeah. working with, Elaine and yeah. like like Cheetah passing away and everyone in this building exactly. being so affected by it because they actually knew and worked with Cheetah Rivera. Right. Like it's just a different thing. It's a different beast. I mean, than it doing really is show. like being given the special like golden ticket yeah. into the core mm-hmm. of like traditional musical theater. Right. And like it's proof of like, well, you see why we're still here. Yeah. It's because of this, that, and the other thing. It's because of these people and the way that they operate. It's just so cool. Yeah. So for you to open the door for Asian women to be able to Well and when join I came into company, also I came into this company and I was the only Asian person on that stage. Yes. And now and now we were just walking down the stairs and um Kristen said it was it was red and me and um uh, Cavillo and Kristen mm-hmm. and Kristen said oh Asians in the stairwell and I just looked at us and I was like wow <laughs> look at all of you <laughs> finally it's about downtime it was cool that's was so cool. cool so tell me about um sort of growing up in the world that is New York City and like how did that sort of like shape you as a performer I mean you said you're a brass player as well like well I have um classical musician parents so my parents are mostly chamber musicians and in the orchestra my stepmother's over at the Philharmonic and oh fantastic my father's a cellist my mom's a concert pianist my stepfather is a French horn player he was you know an Orpheus and he he's the head of um the brass and woodwind department at Yale right now Mm. but they're all very accomplished classical musicians so musical theater was kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to be a rebel and I'm going to sing and dance. <laughs> I'm going to break the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Screw your tuba. I know. And I love the tuba. <laughs> like the tuba was part of the rebellion. Period. You know, it's like how dorky. <laughs> I love um, it. No, I mean, j- little side note, when we gave, the, you know, in, in I guess like fourth grade, you have the option of starting an instrument mm-hmm. and... You like know, through school? I, yeah. In, okay. In, in, I went to public school in Hastings on Hudson, which is like 18 minutes from north. here. Yeah. Um, but they call it up north, you know, when you're in Manhattan. They're oh, like, yes. oh, so you're from upstate. I'm like, yes, <laughs> all 12 miles yeah. from the upstate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I said, I'm not going to play cello anymore. I've been doing Suzuki and I was like, I'm not going to play piano. I'm going to play something that nobody else plays. <laughs> and I also said, I want to play an instrument that no other girl plays. 
um, because all the girls were doing like flute and clarinet. Yep. And I kind of like went through an instrument catalog and I was like, what's that thing? And it, it looked like a small tuba. And my stepfather said, that's it. That's a euphonium. And I was like, yeah, give me that one. <laughs> I was like, it looks like a tuba that I can actually carry. Yeah. Um, and so I played the euphonium baritone horn, two very similar instruments. I, I played that. And then when I got older, I was like, OK, this is really annoying to carry around. And it's very similar to the trumpet. So then I started really learning the trumpet, mm -hmm. which has been my favorite instrument to do, like actor musician stuff with. It's yeah. much more mobile. But also, I love the trumpet. And especially in this show, like the trumpet Oh my God, are you kidding me? Best. I'm like, why Why are we not having Mama Morton do the, the opening fanfare? Are <laughs> oh you God, kidding? Please, no. like, <laughs> and I listen to it every night when I get my wig on and I listen to it and it's so exposed. That would give me... See, I don't get nervous going on Terror. as Mama, but having to get your embouchure checked for that, yep. like that everybody in that audience knows and is waiting for, like <laughs> pressure. Oh, yeah. I don't know how Glenn does it, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Sickening. Yeah. So that sort of just was Having always going to be um, your path. You was... know, like my parents did classical music, so their release was jazz. Mm. So like at night, we always listen to jazz. I was raised on Sarah Vaughan, Ella wow. Fitzgerald. Um, I just, that's, and that's sort of how I found my voice and started singing jazz when I was like four mm -hmm. and doing lots of like scat with my parents and, and <sighs> learning music kind of through games with my parents Mostly with jazz. And as we all know, jazz is made a lot from these standards that are from musicals. Yeah. And so, like, kind of just doing some research, oh, where did that song come from? And mm -hmm. then learning about the Gershwin. Like, Wait, I, I already know that song. Exactly. Like, totally. diving into Berlin. And so, um, and then I just kind of got bit by the bug watching Sound of Music as a child every as day. We do, of course. And West Side Story and, mm -hmm. you know, all of the greats. So, yeah, and I think wow. my parents were just like, oh, my gosh, she's so animated that she shouldn't <laughs> be a musician. She, like, has to do something. Mm -hmm. And the acting came from the music. Though. Brilliant. So then yeah. when did you know that it was an actual, you were going to make it a viable career choice for yourself? Like, did you go to school, college? I, yeah, for... I went to NYU. Okay. I mean, I'm just, like, such a New York girl, right? It's so yeah. boring. I just stayed You're here. like, why leave? <laughs> no, are you kidding? Yeah, I, um... I went to NYU. I loved it. I had a great time there. Was and that I, Tish? Yeah. Cool. And I loved the fact that what I loved about NYU, um, I don't know where I got the dream, but I definitely had, it was, I applied early. It was one of the things I was like, I really want to go going there. there. Yeah, yeah. From a young age. I don't remember what it was, but um, what I loved about it was that your, most of your teachers are currently working actors, working. you know? And so people who, uh, you kind of like, do all of that networking in college right. that a lot of people do when they come to the city after college. Sure. There are amazing programs. We all know, like, some of the best musical training, musical theater training is not in New York. Right. But kind of getting to, like, do that networking and having people know you. You know, like, I had an agent before I graduated college. A lot of the casting directors knew me before. Right. And it really was... Because you're just here to be in, yeah. the, like, in the room with them. Or, and... like, your teacher is in a show mm -hmm. on Broadway and is like, hey, I want you to meet so-and-so, you know? Right. Um, totally. So I loved it. And wow. I guess I knew I really wanted to do it in high school. You know, I did community theater and the school shows in middle school. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in high school, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and just always was always participating in some sort of show you know right the school would offer one musical a year so then i did the not enough not enough right um and i love doing community theater because a lot of people in community theater are people who have worked professionally who have decided not to anymore um yeah which also we can get to because i quit the business and had a fa- ha- had a family. I still have a family. <laughs> they all went away and I came back to Broadway. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have my children and yeah. I was teaching a lot. And so there's this great community of, of performers who don't do this professionally anymore. Yeah. And a lot of th- amazing things that I've learned, I've learned in, in community theater oh, when I was totally. in high school. So um, I loved community theater and did did a lot of that and and I think that really doing those shows in the community theater was the momentum to make me realize you know all the things that it could be yeah totally so well I'm very excited to ask about Dear Evan Hansen I loved that show and I had many friends I love go it too. through that show I really um, do. but I would love to hear about like sort of what what shifted in you as a performer to say I'm going to take a step back I'm going to do the things that I want to do in on this different path and then coming back to it I also um I love that you're a mom it's so it like warms my heart (laughs) I think I'm a good mom I'm sure I have really really great kids and they think I'm a good mom so that's period that's what matters right I'm like you think I'm doing a good job Mm -hmm. you like me still right we're good (laughs) (laughs) um but I always wanted to be a mom. My mother says that she always knew I that the thing I really wanted the most was to be a mom. Mm. And the thing I really wanted next most was to be on Broadway. Sure. Okay. Um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it that way. But she said I always had this very maternal, I'm a caretaker. I love taking care of people, helping people. Um, and... And she said that she saw that in me really, really at a young age. And I um, I always wanted a pet, but we could never have one because they were traveling musicians. Sure. I mean, it was hard enough like for them to figure to it out with me. To drag right? <laughs> um, But it was the most heartbreaking thing for me to not have a pet as a kid oh. because I just wanted something to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I worked – regionally a lot and I realized in doing a lot of this regional theater when I was younger um, I really thought that my career was going to kind of take off after college and I was confused for a while about why I was kind of getting to final callbacks for a lot of things and not booking Mm -hmm. um, in New York yeah and it's hard to see these qualities about yourself when you're a, that young, but also from the inside. it's, it's You course. can look back on yourself and say, oh, I was so like this or I was so like that. But in the moment, it's really hard to assess what you are like. And, and that's hard for us who are the CEOs of the businesses of ourselves, right? right? Like thinking that we should market ourselves a certain way when maybe actually something else is coming through stronger. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize when I was younger was that I had a very mature quality about myself always. Um, and I never felt mature. I always felt like a mess. So <laughs> yeah. that's why I think it was hard for me to understand. Um, but you know, I, I look back and I see now, well, I've spent, I spent my whole tra- childhood traveling around with classical musicians. I was an only child too. My best friends were like the youngest musician on whatever tour with my parents. Mm-hmm. So that explains a lot. Totally. Right. Um, 
and and I I wasn't getting the kind of you know I was I was getting good feedback and then I kept saying what could I have done what can I do and it, they were things I couldn't change a lot of these things it was a different time she's too Asian she's not Asian enough because uh-huh. I'm half right and so I wasn't Asian enough to actually be cast as an Asian Insane. role but I'm Asian enough to understudy her sure, you know or sure. like um then things are different now and it's been amazing being a part of like the before times and the now yeah um because it's night and day I'm of course but but like and thank God <laughs> yeah but also I now am grateful that I have the experience of what it was like before to also like really appreciate the wins for right now yeah um and and also like to be a part of things that are making history and mm-hmm. that are you know moving the industry in a way yeah it's an honor it's a huge honor because I was somebody who felt a lot of the pain from the way things were before sure um so yeah I mean you know like King and I never really my jam because I'm a New Yorker you know so it's like (laughs) yeah okay I guess I'll have to act like this to get into a show but like really you know Cheetah was so inspirational for me because she was somebody who um I really saw channeling their true self and also being able to acknowledge their heritage and also being able to break boundaries and say, just because this is my background doesn't mean I'm what you think I am. Right. Right. So like, um, you know, I know she's not Asian, but that was the, she was the closest idol um, that I had growing up who I could really see doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, so going back to your, you know, your first question, I wasn't really like getting the wins that I wanted and I was having a hard time seeing myself in the industry and like really seeing, well, maybe I wouldn't cast me either, you know, or, or sure. because I didn't have counting yourself out for things that, yeah. yeah. And without that confidence, you're not going to bug. Of right? course. Um, and I, I was a little lost as a performer doing, I was doing a lot of, I, I was doing cabaret um you know I was one of the dancers and I used to be a dancer um (laughs) but it was it was so much fun and I found out that I was pregnant and I was like this feels right this is it even though kind of like on paper it was all wrong (laughs) (laughs) you know like I didn't wasn't planned what am I gonna do yeah and but it was the best thing that ever happened to me wow and um it was very strange. I know this sounds like hoopla, but like I knew my daughter was exactly who she is the minute that I learned I was pregnant. I knew it was a girl. I knew these like personality traits that she has. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I love that. I mean, like I was really ready to be proven wrong. Yeah. And she just, she's like a much older soul than I am. Hmm. She's incredible. Um, she, she's taught me by making me a mom taught me to like embrace myself in a way that I was always trying to fit into a box, fit into here, fit into there. And the, you know, having to rise to the occasion to step up to the plate um, made me really learn to love myself and say, this is who I am. And I, not for the theater, but for another human being that I'm, I have to take care of. Who needs you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the stakes were high Mm -hmm. and it, and it, it helped me evolve. And um, I, I have a son too who is incredible and 
they are just both the best things that ever happened to me. I left the industry because I, I was getting a, I was still performing a little bit. I took Annabelle out on a, on a long regional contract when she was like eighteen months, and it was hard. You know, eight shows a week and living in a hotel. Right. Um, <laughs> if you're so lucky. Yeah, I mean, it was great. You know, my my ex husband, my husband at the time, he came with us, and we kind of like all moved into this really nice two bedroom suite and and upped our life and and moved over there and it was really fun Mm -hmm. but sort of thinking about like the bigger picture um i said i think i need some time off i don't want to just stick her in in daycare to go and audition right you know like the the job we have to do that doesn't pay anything Mm -hmm. so if i'm gonna be a mom i'm gonna be a mom exactly i told my agent at the time and she said best idea ever because i she actually told me this before I had Jack. She said to me, if you want another child, you should do it now. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, like, bang them out. Let's yeah, just she was get like, the ball because, rolling like, here. You're, let's be honest. You're not really going to do great things in your 20s anyway. <laughs> and I was like, at the time, I was like, excuse me? Ow. But she, I get it. She was like, no, you are a 30s, 40s. Like, that's when it's going to happen for you. She's a brassy broad. Yeah. yeah. Which I had no idea. <laughs> but, um. I, I followed her instructions very mm-hmm. well. I'm really good at listening to the rules. And I I had Jack two years later, about two, two and a half years apart. Um, I took some time off. And I said, I think when they're in full day school, then I can go and audition. I won't feel like I'm sticking them with somebody else in order for me to do this thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I started teaching a lot. Um, I started a vocal studio in Westchester. And I love teaching kids and mm-hmm. I kept me very involved with the theater scenes and all of the schools there you know private and public and um and then I I, I kind of like forgot about coming back to the industry mm-hmm. um and I would go and see shows with my best mom friend and she had no idea that I like did this before sure and so one day we came back and I sang something from the show and she was like excuse me wait what and I said, no, no, I used to do this. She said, why well, used to? And I, I didn't have an answer. <laughs> I love that. And she has been a really huge supporter and champion for me, um, really telling me, like, no, if you want to do it, like, you can still do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just decided and one look day I was going to, like, audition for something. And I just went in and, and that it all started again. From mom to mama. Here exactly. She is. And the last role in oh my Dear Evan Hansen, Mom, yes. Mama Murphy. Okay, so tell <laughs> me about Dear Evan Hansen because that was one where I I was particularly excited to see such diversity in casting. When I saw the show originally on Broadway, it was extremely white. Mm-hmm. And that's like it you can say what you want about like casting or like writing for a, you know, stereotypically white family or whatever. Yes. But um and writing for families is usually is really where um, I think the tendencies to stay white sting the most. Right. Well, especially in the world that we live in now, because it I feel like I don't know many people who don't have one person of color in their. I'm gonna do a little name drop circle, right now. please. Um, so Angelina Jolie, her daughter, was a huge fan of the show. Oh. And they came and saw the show so many times. I on mean, the road? On the road, yeah. They wow. would follow us around. And, oh, my God. And, and they were amazing and, and so supportive. 
And I was talking. They came to closing night. Wow. Really, really fun. And you were the final. Yeah. You were final Final, Cynthia. final. Wow. Which was really That's exciting. very special. Yeah. Yeah. That was, especially, you know, when you have these shows where you're a part of a family in the show. Yeah. It really, you know, you always hear theater families. Totally. But when you're in a family you, I'm in actually the, the show, mom. too, it's yeah. like, really. Wow. Um, Sorry. So they came to closing. So they came to closing, and I was talking to, I was talking to Angie at dinner afterwards, mm-hmm. and she told me that when they first saw the show in, I think it was Philly, almost a year before, um, she said how how moved and inspired she was specifically by, by my role and the casting choice to put me there because our family, um, you know, we didn't all look like each other. Right. And her family is like that. Yeah. And so... It was the first time that she felt like her family dynamic was also represented on stage. Wow. And and that it's not just like, oh, we're making this color blind because it actually happens, you know? Right. And saying just because you don't all look the same doesn't mean that you are any less of a family. And we don't have to comment on it. It doesn't have to be a plot device. Exactly. It's it is what it is. And people would say, Well, does that mean that so and so is adopted? And it's like who cares? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Maybe. Sure. But it like, can for you. It doesn't that... have to be about that right. in order to make the choice. A hundred percent. That was so cool to be a part of. Um, and and the, the kids waiting afterwards who, who would say, you know, I felt represented. I'm I'm adopted. Right. I'm this my my mom is, you know, Asian and I mean my kids look very white. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of now Annabelle's look, growing up to look a lot like me, but coloring wise too. I mean, they look very, very white. Sure. And and you know, growing up in a time now like that, a lot of people don't look like their parents. Yeah. My kids have no idea. You know, they it doesn't even they have no awareness of like that. This is my mom. They would never think. Oh, interesting. They they would just say, oh, "Okay, cool. Yeah, that's how your does mom." That track? You know, Who, but but for when I grew up, oh yeah, it's just something that you look at, you think about, you don't say. But like, that's just because we grew up in a different time. Mm-hmm. I well, I grew up in a different time. But um, <laughs> but to be a part of something and to have people telling me how much that representation actually mattered and made a difference to them, yeah. in an already extremely emotional and <laughs> provoking show, yeah. Um was again like these roles it's an honor to yeah. to do this that's so so cool yeah and i mean just what a what a show what a score pasik and paul like my god it, who are the sweetest people also in the entire world insane um and then to work with michael you know like to what be directed yeah. in this <laughs> i i, I will <laughs> i like walked into the first day of rehearsal and you know, he says something like, congratulations to the to the person who was playing Evan. And he's like, congratulations, you're the new Evan Hansen. Um, but I think the show really should be called Saving Cynthia Murphy. And he looked at me and he's like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on period. And I, I laughed and he was like, no, I'm not joking. No, no. <laughs> he's like, get the Kleenex. And I don't think get I realized. I don't think I realized what I was in for. Uh-huh. Um, that emotional toll. Yeah. I didn't, and Cynthia is a very a thankless mom. part because you walk away, you're obviously 
Evan and Zoe, right? Yeah. And then, you know, Heidi has this huge, Evan's mom has this right. huge Blow 11th up. hour number. Yeah. Um, and, and Cynthia actually had more songs in the original that ended up getting cut or shifted into hmm. scenes. And, you know, her track's most highlighted moments are scene work. Yeah. Which, for a musician like me, this was a huge opportunity to really, like, flex my acting chops. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I kind of was worried for a while that I would never be recognized as a serious actor because of the instruments right. and all that stuff, right. you know? Um, and so the opportunity to really go there was amazing. Yeah. But I, I did not remember because what he told me was that, you know, Cynthia's role in this cast of eight people, you know, it's just eight people mm -hmm. in the show, and the role is to be like the anchor of sorrow. <laughs> because there's a lot of comedy going on, yes. right? And there's yes. a lot of, like, kids and people finding out the truth at different times mm -hmm. and people going through something difficult at different times. And, you know, my husband in the show is in denial for a lot of it. Right. And so like Cynthia really was the first person to sit in the grief in the storyline mm -hmm. and and kind of like anchor that and say this is the low low of the show. Yeah. That was so difficult. I have sure. two kids of my own. Right. I, I was on tour so I was away from them for mm -hmm. a long time. Um I was not prepared at all for what that was going to do to me. Well, and I mean, how could you be? Because how do you there's also for that? like I mean, I guess it is a sort of a place of privilege and like we're so lucky to not have gone through something, you know, as horrifying mm -hmm. as like what Cynthia goes through in that show. But you, there's a really um, interesting and, and I think difficult balance to strike. And we talk about it a lot in like training and whatever, but it's like how how far um, to the vulnerable side we're allowed to go while still being able to sing a score eight shows a week because yeah. you're crying is like death the worst to the thing. singing like right. the, it, you couldn't do something worse for your voice yeah so finding that i'm sure was such an amazing challenge and learning experience because now i feel like you kind of are set up to be able to do anything yeah well also like as a voice teacher there are things that i learned about my instrument technically yeah that i wouldn't have ever been able to really learn without going through this sure um yeah how long were you part of that show over a year. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it like the show. I think we ran the show for about um, twelve months, and then you know rehearsed for about a month sure. before. So, uh, uh, thirteen months we ran. We ran for like one extra month over a year. I so did you that. start and finish the tour? The, that this was the fourth year of the first national tour. Yes. Okay. So like, yeah, it was like sort of the final leg of yes of that and tour. the casts kind of like. Always changed a little bit here and there. Um, you know, they would bring in a few new people and overlap a few new people. Sure. And so I was doing this with the, the other three people in my family. My two children and my husband mm -hmm. in the family were all there the year before as well. And then I came in. Sure. And then um, the person who's playing Connor left and we got a new Connor. So, mm -hmm. you know, they kind of layered people in. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like four solid different casts, sure. but it's a big family, yeah. you know, and, and I think especially with something so vulnerable and so emotional like Heavy, that, yeah. um, you really, yeah, you, you stay pretty close knit and like Christiane, 
Knoll, who did the she did Cynthia on the tour before she came to do it on Broadway. Uh-huh. Um, she was so amazing and so helpful, such a great resource to have. Love. She also grew up in the same town that my parents lived in, and like oh our parents God. both knew each other because her parents were musicians too. Really, really funny connection. Wow. Um, and also has a child. Yeah. At home, and so really gave me some great tips about how to deal with the content and the life situation that's amazing simultaneously i feel like i know so many people who did that tour like i jeffrey cornelius mm-hmm. and um noah, yeah he was on my leg oh he was mm-hmm. noah kaiserman he yeah he matt, was right before oh, what's matt matt kemp yeah Matthew kemp yeah, just like so many like yeah. random connections who are are all now like, oh, I know them. They it's did so German fun Hansen. also I'm to like, like be hell? back in the city and we're all back. Here yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> you're like we're family. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just love chatting with you, Me darling. Too. I know we could do this for hours. I know. Well, before I let you go and actually prepare to do yet another show today what? on Broadway, <laughs> I have a series of musical theater rapid fire questions, oh, which God. I ask okay. every guest. It is not trivia. These are <laughs> these are opinion questions just That's for worse. you. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Sondheim. Sweatpants or jeans? Sweatpants. <laughs> do you have a favorite musical? Lots. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, do you have a least favorite musical? Mm. She's like lots, lots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, would you ever like to do a Broadway play? Yes. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl. Oh, I was raised by musicians. Come on, we what none of us saying? know how to wake up Grew in the morning. Up in New York. <laughs> um, could you think of the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do, either in an audition room or a rehearsal period? <laughs> um, this isn't that but yeah tap on cement floors that's horrible, horrible who, right? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not naming so names. rude yeah I'm like who eh, tell right spill the beans we'll just say uh, shin splints forever right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um golden age or contemporary mm, oh 50 50 but me come on golden age come I'm on such an oldie. <laughs> uh <laughs> do you have a favorite role that you've ever played well I like a lot of my roles. I, I'll say that um, if I could return to another role. Yes, that's a great way to put it. It would be Helene in Great Comic. Oh, I only got God. to do it just at CLO. Pittsburgh, right? Yes. yes. And it's one week. Mm-hmm. And it was. Anytime we're doing a regional <sighs> run of shows like that, I'm like, darling Diva Deer, I don't, I'm not trying to haul my cookies to audition for the Muni to do seven performances. I'm like, what? What are we doing? I know. And like the casts are always so amazing, right? And yes. you get there and you're like, I only get one week of Broadway. this? Broadway. Exactly. So silly. But yes. Helene. She, oh, uh, what a fun and also stunning. princess track. Oh, yeah. Right? Baby. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Me too. I love coffee. What is the hardest show that you've ever done? Dear Evan Hansen. For sure. I mean, just... Emotionally. I, I mean, my track barely even sings, right? No, but... Just the toll. But when you do... Yeah, also, yeah. Requiem, you are singing Darling. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite costume you've ever worn? Hmm. Yeah, you know... And is it that sexy matron Mama Morton <laughs> <laughs> pantsuit? <laughs> Thank you, William Ivy Long, for that. I do love the like as a as a you know former dancer. I love coming in here uh-huh. 
and it doesn't matter how I'm feeling that day. It doesn't matter what I oh, ate. It doesn't yes, matter darling. if I'm Ugh, bloated. I'm cinched. like, this 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 suit is mm-hmm. is never going Forgiving. to like exactly. <laughs> it's never gonna show any of that. Yeah. Um I really love I did this show called The Hello Girls, which has a very special place in my heart. Okay. We, I did it at 59 East 59th. Um, it was about five years ago. Um, and we did it in the like, 100th anniversary of the armistice. And it's a show about World War I. Wow. And a show about these unrecognized women who were on the front in World War I. Mm-hmm. And we had these, all five of us women in the show wore the same uniform for the whole show. Cool. And it was, it was just cool. To be in uniform and everything that we were going to be bringing to our characters was what we were bringing. Had to be you. And we all were in the same costume mm-hmm. for the whole show. And there was something about that that was like just gave me a lot of freedom yeah. as an artist to, to say, okay, it's all my choice yes. here, you know? Um, so that was cool. Not necessarily like my favorite costume or flattering in sure. any way. Sure. But, um, but informed your experience for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, my darling Lily, my last question for you is a question I ask all of my guests, which is, if you could tell one thing to baby Lily, what would it be? Yeah, it would be to not try to fit into anybody else's box and mm. to make your own. And <laughs> Make your own make box. Make your own box, everybody. Go I get some cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> glue it together. Or whatever you have. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming on the pod. I just adore you. Would you tell the listeners where they can find you on socials? Oh, yes. I'm at the Lily Thomas on Instagram. And that's kind of it. I can only Love. handle one thing at a time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> one platform at a time. <laughs> yeah. I, have... I, I downloaded TikTok to watch my daughter's account. And I was like, this is too much for me. Delete. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to have to Google it. <laughs> Well, I just adore you. Thank you so much. Thanks and now get me. ready for your second Broadway show of the day. Thank you. Of course. You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thank you so, so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Oh my pod, oh my pod, you guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.